This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you, I am recording this opening at, it is 10.42 p.m. on Tuesday night. So that is the night before the NBA draft. The conversation that you are going to hear, however, I had with Spencer Perlman over the weekend, um, we had it. Uh, I actually forget because the days are running together, but it was either Saturday or Sunday. In any case, everything we talk about, obviously, it's mostly related to the draft. It's still relevant. Nothing has changed where that is is concerned. Um, but if you're wondering why you're going to hear a conversation where I don't... Um, you know, talk about maybe some of the Westbrook or Harden stuff that has come out or like any of the, you know, the Bucks moves that they made or the Chris Paul trade or anything like that. The reason is because we recorded it a few days ago and that stuff happened in the last, uh, you know, 48 to 72 hours. So just a quick public service announcement. And of course, um, if, <laughs> if something happens in the middle of the night after I record this and, uh, you don't hear me talk about it, that, that is also the reason. Anyway, um, it's a really fun conversation that I had with Spencer. You're really going to enjoy it. I think it's a, a perfect little appetizer for the draft, which. Speaking of the draft, a reminder to anyone listening who is a Knicks Film School newsletter paid subscriber, I will be holding a Zoom, um, a Zoom, a Zoom session, Zoom meeting, Zoom, I, whatever party. I, I have no idea what you call it. Zoom draft watch. Let's go with that. Zoom draft watch. Um, which is going to be open to uh, any, uh, like I said, paid subscribers to the newsletter. So if you're not in on that yet, um, just go to my uh, Twitter page and there's a link right there to sign up for the newsletter and you could you could get in on, on that action. So um, that'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, Spencer will actually be popping in as well as Chris Procyanin, who does all the mailbags with me and um, has God knows analyzed this draft a great deal. Um, I think that is it in terms of announcements. Uh, I don't have anything else. Hopefully between when I record this and when you hear this, there won't be any groundbreaking NBA news, Knicks related or otherwise. Um, but either way, uh, there will be another podcast coming at you, um, very soon. So if any news breaks, you're going to hear it, uh, from me at some point soon. All right. And uh, without further ado, my conversation with the one, the only, the absolute best in the business when it comes to analyzing the NBA draft, Spencer Perlman. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, this is his 
37th appearance on the show. No, that's probably too many. Um, he is the um, uh, he is the Sacramento Kings 2027 hire to be their director of um, I'm going to make up a title. Their director of pro. Let's make you know. Let's make you the director of college scouting and also um, in charge of player personnel because you're a people person, and I think the players would like dealing with you. Would you? Would you take that title? Yeah, um, I'm not sure how good I would be as like the head of player personnel because I feel like I trust too easily, so people can kind of abuse that, as shown by yesterday's car leasing endeavors. Could, okay, hold on. We're, we're going off script here. Uh, Spencer Perlman is the guest, by the way. You tried to lease a car yesterday? Yeah, and like, so we went to the first dealership. Like, I, I want to get a hybrid. Obviously, I want to pay $500 a month for it. We had a budget laid out. We okay. got there, the guy's like, all right, it's this much. I'm like, oh, that's, that's too high. Um, so he's like, okay, well, you know, what can I do to get you to sign it today? And I was like, you know, if you get it to this other model, that's $150 a month. If you do that, I'll sign right now. He's like, ha ha ha. I don't think I can do that. Let me go talk to my manager. He's like, okay. well, what do you think your budget actually is? So I gave him like a number and then he came in with a number lower than that with me just kind of giving him like a random number off the top of my head. So okay. my thinking is like, okay, that's, you know, it's still a lot of money but maybe that's the best deal you can get, which, you know, obviously it's not because car salesmen want, you know, as much money as possible out of the lease. Um, so then we went to the second guy, we went to a second dealer and without us even like asking for him to like lower the price or anything, he just like chopped off like $70, just like off the bat. And he's like, you know, I can't really do this. Um, but we can also cut the inception fees you now in half and we could try that. So, me thinking like, you know, the way I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, you know, the one's way less expensive than the other one. So if they can bring the hybrid down somewhat close to the other one, we just go with the hybrid. Okay. Um, we didn't end up leasing either of them, but when I was talking <laughs> with Ashley, when I was talking with Ashley afterwards, uh, you know, my fiance, she said, I, I can be like, easy, not easily taken advantage of, but like, because I tend to take people at their word, car salesman can feast on me pretty much. So I have three thoughts. One, your relationship sounds a lot like mine because my wife doesn't really ever yell at me except when she hears me on the phone dealing with like, like a customer service person or like any, anybody who like I'm, I'm supposed to be in the position to like be demanding and be like loud and angry about something. And that's just not, newsflash I, why I didn't work out as a lawyer. That's not my personality. I don't, I, I hate negotiating. I'm just like, Oh, you want to give me this thing? Okay. Yeah. Wait, hold on. You want me to pay more? Okay. I could do it. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm good at negotiating. I just don't, I've never leased a car before. So I had no idea what I was doing. Well, th you didn't realize that these, okay. The second thing this reminds me of is my dad for most of his life was the, um, general manager of a Lexus dealership. Um, and like, I got to peer behind the scenes of like, what, like these people could, they, these people could give away these things, yep. but it's just, and the more of a pain in the ass you are, the more you will get. You did not realize that before this experience. Not before. Like I knew that I had to be oh, well, that, a little bit, you know, that's aggressive. on you, but, but hold on. So, so then when we were done, 
I, I sent out an email to, because, you know, Costco, you get the $500 off or whatever, $1,000 off, which it's a nice amount of change off, you know, the price. Yeah. So, um, so I emailed a different one for the same exact model. Okay. Um, the email back and in the email, I, I basically said, we went to look at this, like we went to look at another dealer selling the same car that you're selling or you're leasing, whatever. This is the price they gave us with just completely just like out of the blue. He's like, this is what we can give you. Um, Which was lower. Much, yeah, it was lower than the initial yeah. price. And then we, I was like, but there's another car that's a similar model um, that we also equally like. That's like a lot less. It's like $150 less. If you can get us close to that, we'll sign. If not, you know, it, it's okay. And so now I'm waiting for a response. Well, okay, a response so to my response. But it yeah, sounds it's like much, you're getting the hang of it. It's a lot easier to do it over email than in person. The next Hiding just, behind the screen and all. I mean, yeah, well, no, I hate, so again, I hate, I really don't like person to person. I was about to say person to person interactions. I, I don't like person to person interactions. I really don't like it when I have to negotiate. The Knicks just sent out a Knicks picks, Frank Nilakina, 2017, getting ready for draft week with a look back at where it all began. It's interesting that they choose to highlight this this week. Um, what was the third thing before we actually talk about what people are interested in? Oh, yeah. Um, I had always wondered how GMs can get taken advantage of in trades. And now I know because you're going to be a GM someday, even though you're starting at whatever position I gave you at the Kings. Um, and I just, this is, this is very, this was really eye opening. That's all I did. But, but that's, that's a, like a comfort zone for me. Cause I don't like, I'm, I know basketball, I think. And I don't really think anyone can really take advantage of me there. So if anything, I just like keep pressing and be like, throw in a second round <clears> pick, <throat> throw in a second round pick. Keep saying no, no, fine. Throw in a top 25 protected first round pick. Keep saying no. It's going to get lower and lower. I'm going to get a better deal in the end because I know you want it. So I would be a good GM. I just can't get, a, get you know, car sales or shit. I really, um, I really hope um, Leon Rose is, is taken after that. Um, but I guess we should. Well, let's air. Yeah, we're going to start right the fuck off. So th- this episode is just, we're going to go through the draft one final time. And I think, I think it would be interesting. I just kind of, I'm, most curious at this point because there's been a, the difference between now and the other 18 times we've done this is now we've actually had rumors and ideas of where who got you know what teams are interested in guys so i just want to go out and i think i want to try to me and you get to as close as how this thing is actually going to play out on wednesday as possible um and since you since you boasted yourself as such a great great i think was your words maybe untouchable Maybe that was your word. Um, NBA negotiator. You're on the clock on what, what time does Jeff start? 7.30? 8? Um, you're on the clock. Uh, what's his? Is it? It's Gerson Rosas, right? Yeah. Um, who am I going to be? All right. I am Mitch Kupchak, so I'm already at a disadvantage because I'm like 75 <laughs> and stupid. Um, all right. I'm going to give you three. My offer is three and Miles Bridges. Three and Miles Bridges for one. Um, if you say yes, you've just failed every future NBA. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'd say I would want. What second round picks do they have this year? I'd want. You 32. know what I want. Everybody fucking knows what mm-hmm. I want. Right. So, so, but I'm saying what I want. So, yeah, I know. I'd want the 32nd pick in this year's draft also. And 
30 Unprotected lotto pick next year, Fuck which you're going to say no to. Um, all right. I will counter with. See, but here's the thing. What you don't know, and I don't think anyone knows, is everybody knows Wiseman is my 10. But does anybody know, A, is Okongu like my 9.8? Is he my like my 8.8? Is he my 7.5? Nobody knows that. One. And two, um, I don't think anybody really knows how I feel about Anthony Edwards. I don't think. We could assume because we've heard him talk, but nobody really knows. Also, we can think and kind of assume what Michael Jordan thinks of him because he, <laughs> so again, he's so mean. Ed, that's fucked like, up. I'll, I'll, I'll go straight to him. If you don't agree with me, if you don't agree to the deal right now, so I'll you're go gonna, to him. <laughs> you're going to hang up the phone on me and you're going to call Michael. That's so, that's cheating. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I'm not giving you my next year's uh, first unprotected. I will give you, <sighs> I know I'm not even going to say lottery protected because then you're going to just move on. Uh, all right. I'll give you 32. Um, do, mm, do you, do you want miles bridges? Yeah. Um, you want miles, Bridges? you're interested in miles bridges. Okay. Um, you don't have any, you don't have anything on the roster that I want. Um, so really this is just haggling over protections because you, you don't have anything on the roster that I want. I'm not that excited about, um, what's his face. Who's the, the, uh, Oh, uh, Josh Okoge. That's not selling me. Right. Um, I don't think we can make a deal. I don't think, yeah, I don't think we can make, because do I want to like top eight protect the pick? I don't, because I don't want to give up the 10th pick next year. So we, right. we could do, we do 32 and 56 this year, <laughs> a top, a top, a top 10 protected pick next year that turns into an unprotected first round pick the following year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but like then, but that gets into, I mean, if I really believe in Wiseman, if I really believe in Wiseman, and I believe in I get Wiseman, PJ Washington, I'm playing. I'll I'll resign. I've spoken to Devontae Graham's agent. He he's amenable to something. I don't know four for fifty something, three for I don't know three for four, whatever. Um, something decent. Um, I'm a I'm a steadfast believer in Terry Rozier. Um, God help you. I know. So I want a lottery protect next year's pick and then top 10 protect 22. And then this, this, we could really get into some weeds here because then I was thinking top three protect 23, but if it doesn't convert, then it like converts us two seconds. You're going to want this to be unprotected at some point, aren't you? Um, God, would I do that? Would I do top? Would you do top fourteen, then top ten, then unprotected? So this pick may not convey now until twenty twenty three. I do top twelve, then top. You really want this pick next year, you son of a bitch? I'm just trying to get a better deal. No, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll walk <laughs> away. I'll walk away at that point. I'll take Okongwu or Edwards. All right. Well, we'll take Okongwu. Golden State will take Wiseman. Enjoy Anthony Edwards. Enjoy Jamie Ace Ranch. You're not. You're not. Okay. <laughs> All right. We don't actually have to come to a deal. Do you think yeah. a deal gets made? Yeah, I don't think Minnesota keeps it. You think they, and do you think they trade it to Charlotte? Um, 
or Golden State? Do you think they traded to one of the two teams below them, or do you think that they are able to get crazy with something outside? Of I, I don't think they traded the Golden State uh, just because I think they'd be fine taking a Congo if, if Wiseman does go on. Um, or Minnes- you think Minnes- wait, you think? Oh, you think Golden State is in play for Okongwu too? I think Okongwu. I think Denny. I think those are. The, I think those are two guys who they'd be more than happy taking. So I buy the Denny stuff. I, I mean, that's I been like rumored for like months. It's been rumored for a while, and I told. I think I told you offline where I got something from that I I buy. Um, but I also buy the Vassell stuff, which is what makes this Spurs noise interesting to me. But I don't know. Like, do the Warriors feel like they like Lamarcus Aldridge makes them fifth, like ten percent better, twelve percent better? And is is San Antonio really taking on Andrew Wiggins? I feel like Andrew Wiggins' name is getting tossed around a lot. And I had oh, we ha- I had our your your friend Keith Smith on the Pick and Pod podcast mm-hmm. earlier today, and I asked him what he thought the chances of Wiggins actually getting dealt before the season, and he said zero. He doesn't think that co- that contract's going to mm-hmm. move right yeah. now. That makes me sad because I'd like to see an Aaron Gordon and Wiggins trade for the pick swap and like Aminu. Because like I, I want to see Aaron Gordon in, in Golden State really badly. I that'd and then be I fun. would want to see them take Poku also at fifteen. Yeah, listen, you can't get everything you want. Um, so let's assume that they're not going to trade Wiggins, which basically takes a San Antonio trade off the table because what like Derek White's not getting it done. Um, I wonder if I mean, Washington. I wonder if Washington could be a low key um, place because to swap with Golden State. Yeah, and what give up like next year's unprotected first? I don't know if they'd give up the unprotected first, but like it, maybe if they could find a way to include Beal. If Beal really says that no, he wants it's out. not. That's not gonna. That's we come on. We know that's not gonna happen. Rui's not enough. I don't. I don't even think Golden State would want Rui. Maybe. I mean, maybe they do. I shouldn't say. Eh, I don't think they would. Um. All right. All right. We got to make the, the clock has run out. Um. We we so minute. You think there's going to be a trade? Yeah. I, I just because I don't think any of the prospects aside from Denny really fits with them with who? Um, with Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota has, you don't buy the, the OB. You don't, you don't buy the OB noise. Oh God. No, I'm just asking. I yeah, listen. No, like just the thought of having D'Angelo Russell, cat and OB playing defense <laughs> together. They'd score points. Yeah. yeah <laughs> score they, a lot of points. They, they definitely would. And then you could double down if you get another score at a uh, 17. Have that happen. Who who would be the ultimate like we really don't give any fucks about defense this year guy who might actually be there at seventeen that is plays a position of need Tyrell um, Terry then you move the I was about wow yes yes Tyrell Terry D'Angelo Russell Obi Toppin uh Cat and then Okogi's looking around like yeah, what am I yeah. or, yeah, or, Culver, or Kogi. yeah um that'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be they hit the over on every over. It'd be oh well, yeah, that'd be an easy bet. So they make a trade with someone. Wiseman goes one. I think we're we could agree on that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, obviously without, so then is golden state. So, but golden state, we don't think golden state trades up because golden state's smart and they're not going to do that. So then golden state tries to trade down. And if they don't, they don't, there's no way they take ball. There's no way they take ball. No, I, I'm kind of actually wondering. So we, like we also have the rumors that Atlanta is either trying to trade for drew but then yeah. I think there was the Schlenk liking Anthony Edwards rumor from a few months back, or he had, he was interested in moving up. I think that happened. I, so I mean, I guess I, like, I, I don't know. Like I could see another trade down either too. Like either. the most confusing thing to me about this entire top of the draft. Cause I, I could see like, you're going to tell me teams are talking are really legitimately down with Obi Toppin. Fine. Denny of Deja. Fine. I totally buy it. LaMelo Ball, you want to tell me all the nonsense the last few weeks has been a smokescreen? I buy it, 100%. You want to tell me teams are climbing over themselves to get James Wiseman? I believe it. Who is it, Who believes that Anthony Edwards is an answer? I don't even care what the question is. Who believes that he is an answer? Who's talking themselves into that? Slide. Is it Carnosso? I was about to say, you, you're saying, Charlie, I, I'm no 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 i'm saying i mean charlotte yes but also atlanta like travis schlank just because the idea of pairing another true perimeter scorer next to um next to trace who played tray off ball a little bit i mean you have the obviously you have the georgia thing um it fits what are they giving so they're gonna now move up you're saying yeah i mean that's the thing i don't know i don't know what they would i don't know what they would give up Unless they just unless they just call everyone's bluff and sit there at six and see if well, so I mean like that's what I would do. I would because worst case scenario, they pick they just pick, you know, a Halliburton who also kinda like he like he does fit there, or they could pick Killian and he would fit there. They could pick Vassell and yeah. have you know what have another wing on the team, so they have like eight. Um Do you think Okongo actually goes at the top of this draft? I think he's going in the top half of the lotto. I do. So you think he's going to be gone before the Knicks pick? Whether it's someone trading in to get him or whatever, you think he's going top seven? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if, I had, if I actually had to put money on it, I'd probably say top nine because I don't think Washington would let him slip by him. No, we know Washington's him. not letting him slip by him. Yeah, but like the Knicks wouldn't pick him, I don't think. I, I really think it's going to be the top seven, and I think, what makes Detroit the most interesting place is that if Killian's gone and if they're picking between Kyra and Okongwu, they can make an easy argument either way. You think Killian really goes before seven? I am. I listen, I'm, I'm maybe again, maybe I think there's a good chance. I, <sighs> I think there's a good chance. Like, cause like I did the Bulls podcast a couple weeks back. That's the team um, I was going to ask you about. And they said there's legit interest there for, with Killian. Um, like I, I'm basically the only team that would pick him before seven. Well, yeah, sure, he he could go four, four, He's six. Not or going, seven. The, you know, the Cavs aren't going to pick him, and I'd be shocked if the Hawks. Yeah, him. I mean th- that's the thing though. You could see the Hawks pick. Like, I mean, I could see the Hawks picking because again, you could have a similar argument with um. You could have a similar <sighs> thought processing with a Congo, though. Obviously, not a Congo with a. With Ant as he could with Killian, except for Killian provides more passing, better defense, and the more explosive score. 
but either way you have somebody who can pair you can play with Trey off ball. Yes, but it's a lot easier sell with Anthony Edwards than it is yep. with, with Killian. Yep. For for reasons that you know we we don't need to talk about. Um man, I'm just I just so the chalk for me uh, the reason we're talking about the top seven so so much without before we get into the Knicks is because I feel at this point, and Spencer, you hear you hear a bunch of stuff that you're not really at liberty to share, but you're you're at liberty to, to imply. Is I feel like there, <laughs> I feel like there's a chalk six with Ball, Wiseman, Edwards, of Deja, Toppin, um, and Halliburton. Every, uh, this is you getting notification that, that of some NBA rumor, I'm sure. No, it's it's the apartment building I'm moving into. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about exceptional podcasting. I'm going to use this opportunity to remind everybody about our good friends. You know who I'm talking about at my bookie. Um the draft will be within 48 hours of you hearing this podcast. If you would like to go over to my bookie and place a little wager, perhaps on all of the stuff that me and Spencer have just been talking about for um, the last 20 minutes, who's going one, who's making a trade. My bookie has all of those prop bets and more that you can go place a bet on right now. Um, get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, where odds boosts lightning deals and free bets await all season long. And with Thanksgiving, oh my goodness, Thanksgiving is only about a week away. There's no better time to feast on some NFL action. Um, whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Um, also, fully-fledged casino platform, giving you all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find in your local spot. And the best part is, of course, my bookie never closes they're not kicking you out when you have one too many um make the right play sign up today at my bookie when you do use promo code here we go overtime to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars the terms are simple you put in 200 bucks they'll match you with another hundred dollars in your account if you were already planning on betting this season this is free money what's better than free money i don't know maybe negotiating with uh mitch kupchak or uh, Steve Mills. Um, one more time, it's overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. That's the promo code. Um, it's winning season in my bookie. So come join in, all the fun, and win some cash while you are at it. Um, was that a good news phone call? I mean, if, if we know somebody by this name, then we somehow got a gift sent to us before anyone knows our apartment number. So Okay, like, then. I, yeah, I just asked Ashley if she knows the name. <laughs> Well, I mean, gifts out. are, I, I like gifts. Um, give, so that perfect timing as we transition into the Knicks. Oh yeah. That's what I was saying. I, I get the impression that there's a chalk top six. So the, the big three and then Denny, Obi and Hallie, which somebody got yelled at me on Twitter the other day. Cause they're like, stop calling him Hallie. I don't like that. You call him Hallie. I'm like, really want me to type out Halliburton every time. Um, I, I, feel like one of those guys is going to fall because I feel like this draft of all drafts is not the draft that's going to go chalk. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the draft. I think you just kind of see people taken by the team that wants them. So like, I, I honestly do think there are going to be 
a bunch of trades, but I also think that there are probably probably going to be some players picked before we actually think they're going to and players who might fall just because, you know, someone might be a little bit safer and they might fit a little bit better. Do you think that there's a legit shocker somewhere in like, I don't know, whatever I get. Well, let's say top seven. Cause we're, we're talking to Nick's podcast. Um, do you think that there's a legit shocker that some, and I'm not like Patrick Williams is not a shocker. Okongo is not a shocker or Coro is not a shocker. Hayes is not a shocker. I guess shocker category for me if Vassell went top seven, I'd be really surprised. And if I, and the other one, of course, and he's pr- probably the guy I want to talk about the most is, is Kyra. Yeah. Yeah. Kyra, I think is the one who people aren't talking about as much with, um, with him being a legit, like top seven pick. Like, I, even with the Knicks at eight, I've seen people say, no trade down. It's too high for him. Like, no, that's literally his range. His range is like four to 14, four to well, 13. Cause I don't think he'd slip past New Orleans. So I've, I think I've had a lot of like my biggest question about the Knicks draft, like biggest questions, but I think my biggest question now that we are here and going into the draft is, are they like, is, I think Kyra is my inclination is that Kyra is their guy. They want Kyra, but I'm trying to figure out how much of that has to do with the fact that they feel like they can move down and still get him, which is silly, right? Because Mm-hmm. If they trade down, like other than trading down one spot, because you know what's going to happen, which I, I, I don't know, I wouldn't rule out a trade with Washington. If you're trading past one spot, it starts to get hairy because then like, I don't know what, like if he's your guy, even if he's like your guy by like 5%, if he's your guy, then you take him, take him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk it unless if, unless you can actually get something of value back. And then wherever you trade, you can guarantee yourself another good player. Um, well, I would that, take Kyra. Like I, the thing is specifically with him, I think we're going to end up looking back in the draft in a few years and just kind of question why he wasn't a top seven or eight pick. Like, I think he's going to be the guy who people are like, wait, we were you know, like, he started off in the twenties. And then even on the day they dropped, they're saying he should probably go in like the teens like that. How? Because he's a good player. And yeah, like in a draft like this, if you can get a good player, you kind of get the good player and <laughs> like go from there. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It just, I don't know. Like I, I know kill. So Killian gave the answer about, and I was on his zoom call where he, where he answered the question about like, um, he didn't do the Knicks workout because like COVID, um, mm-hmm. wait, no, sorry. He didn't say that. Watchman reported it. He, but he was, I don't know, just the teams that he was like talking about that were interested in him. He was like, it was very clear that the Knicks, unless he was like told to hide it, which I don't know, maybe he was. I just, I'm not buying, I'm not buying that the Knicks are like, go, are like all out, like Killian's our guy. Maybe it is. And I'm just, I just, I'm not buying it. Um, Cause I feel like I mean, we would, what? I, well, I'll, I'll let you finish what you're going to no, say. I, was, I, I feel yeah, like we would know that. There. That's all. So that's the thing. I don't think we necessarily would know that. Because think about how little has actually leaked aside from the whole Thibodeau and like the rumors going from there, but we had no idea who they were hiring before. Yeah. Um, the rumor, the rumors with like who they've worked out, who they've interviewed, I think have been pretty close to the chest. And of course we all know what happened with Utah and Donovan Mitchell and how 
guys were specifically told to not say a word. So that's true. I kind of think if they do like somebody, then anything that we hear saying that isn't coming from the Knicks, which means it could be a smoke screen. It could not be a smoke screen, but I think we can't say something's not happening just because there haven't been any talks or rumors or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I, my gut feeling is that Kyra is their guy. Cause I think the whole, like it's been such a big, so like, there's been the whole New York press tour in which he's given interviews to the post, the daily news, the athletic S Ian Begley with SNY. He's given interviews to all those people. I do not think he is doing that with other cities. Maybe I've missed it, but I, I feel like I'm pretty good with like looking and seeing what prospects are saying, what to whom um, his agent, his agent who is also, by the way, the agent for Kevin Knox and Jared Harper, both of whom are currently employed by the New York Knicks. And Victor Oladipo. And I was, you were getting, and so, but here's, can we just, listen, we're, can we get conspiracy theory for a second? Aaron Turner, who's the agent for all these guys. So Oladipo, the story came out, which I 100% believe that he was basically courting himself to other teams um, this season. <laughs> for people who are not watching, because this is, we're going to put this up on the YouTube channel, so people are going to be able to see us. But for people oh. who are just listen, <laughs> listening on the podcast, um, Spencer is laughing right now. Um, I buy that, and then they they've done this little song and dance since then about Victor Oladipo is committed to winning a championship in Indiana. Okay, um, he um, Aaron Aaron Turner was quoted after that story came out saying like basically saying like, and look at the teams that he allegedly said that he wanted to go play for. Um, and he said something like, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody, but like, why would he want to go play for some of those teams or like for all of those teams? And the three teams that were mentioned in the story were the heat where God knows everybody in the NBA would like to play the Toronto Raptors who have the best culture or second best culture in the league, whatever. And the Knicks. So Aaron Turner was like, taking a low key shot at the Knicks and defending his client and trying to bury this story. Maybe he has such a good relationship with New York that he knows he could do that and get away with it. I don't know. It was easy for me to be, read between the lines. I'm sure it was easy for, for anybody else who wanted to. So that's out there. Um, and like, it's pretty clear. Like Oladipo seems like the biggest, the or the easiest big name guy for the Knicks potentially to get their hands on in the next year. Because he's going to be a free agent in the year. His trade value is a little low. I don't know. There's just a lot going on there. He represents Kyra Lewis. I, I don't know. I just, there's something going on there. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on there. Well, we have what four days left. Yeah, we have, we have a little bit of time. Um, yeah. Less because uh, this isn't going to post probably until Monday or Tuesday. All right. Um, oh, one other guy I want to ask you about. Hmm. Oh, I also think a coral. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. ESP I, I, baby, ESP. I, we've been doing too many of them. Yeah, um, I really think he's also in consideration. This isn't based on anything aside from just the type of player that Thibodeau likes. Um, defense, like a really hard worker, somebody who's going to actually play on both ends of the court. And I think I know people have thrown out the Jimmy Butler comparisons in the past, and frankly, I I think they're both fair and unfair fair because stylistically there definitely are similarities unfair because 
Butler's growth from year one to like three was absurd. And then from year three on was just like consistent. He just kept getting better and better. So expecting anybody yeah. to reach that level is unfair. Yeah. But I do think Thibodeau could look at a core and be like, that's someone who I can mold. That's somebody who I want on my team. So I have been approaching this draft for a while now with the, th- the one, the one thing that I've heard about the Knicks priority that I, I believe wholeheartedly, which is that they are about playmaking and they are about shooting with this draft, not necessarily with their first pick, but just with this draft, they know they need to get more playmaking and more shooting. You could, you could have the playmaking argument, obviously with, with a because we've seen, we've, we've talked about those flashes before and they're very real. The shooting is, is a different conversation because we, we, you know, but as his, as his assistant coach in college pointed out to me on this podcast, he did not shoot threes full stop in, in high school. So like he went from nothing to 28% in a year, which is like, that's a good sign, right? Yeah. And it's not like he doesn't have good touch. It's not like he has bad footwork. It's just, he needs more reps. It's like, we've seen the touch in the paint is absurd. We've seen like the step, the sidestep, step back jumpers that he's taken and he's made, we've seen him hit three pointers. So it's not like they're not there. Like if, yeah, like if he hits another six, three-pointers or five three-pointers over whatever number he took this year, I'm sure the percentage raises a good amount. So yeah. the sample size also isn't that big. Um, and plus, like, having somebody whose only weakness is shooting is a good thing, is a good type of player to bank on because unless if the form is, you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist and just weird and, you know, yeah. not fixable, chances are he'll become at least a decent three-point shooter to where you have to respect them. And that's the key. And that leads me to the other part of it is what kind of kid are we talking about? And the other thing that I've started to really internalize with this pick in particular for the Knicks is I think more than anything, Leon Rose feels like he can't fuck it up. He can't get no offense. We both, we, we, I love Frank. You love Frank. We both love Frank. Knicks nation loves Frank. We can't be sitting here three years and having the Frank Nilakina conversation about whoever they take with the eighth pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, or the or the Kevin Knox conversation in, in whatever. Until you, you, yeah, they, we, we, that can't happen. Like, and he, but no, I mean, just uh, I, stop smirking at Kevin. You know, Kevin Knox never did anything to you. Kevin Knox never did a blessed thing to you. Um, <laughs> like Could have been Mikhail. That's all I'll say. Could've I know. So Okoro, and talk about me reading way too much into a 15-minute Zoom interview, but like I sat and watched that kid answer questions this week. He is... Like that kid's not going to miss. I don't know what he's going to be at the next level, but he's he's going to help. Like, he's going to help teams win for a long time. Yeah. Sh- I just I would be utterly shocked if he isn't. And I know you think the same thing. He's too hard of a worker. Yeah, like it, it, that's just kind of what it comes down to. He's like too smart of a player. He's too yep. he's basically too smart, too hard of a worker, too high energy, too too. Um, I already said smart. He's too well, well-rounded. That's going to be the last thing to okay. fail. That's, that's kind of like what I think is worst case scenario. He'll end up being some sort of back into the career, like Andre Iguodala, maybe nope, like, yeah. po- like post prime post prime Iggy would maybe worse, worse shooting if the shooting never comes, which is still a really good player. Just I, not like an all-star. Which again, I, I, I think it's less, I think this pick is less about trying to find the all-star 
and more about, again, find what I said before, finding the guy that is going to hit. Like, you, it's not a miss, which is why, again, I have my doubts about Hayes. And I know you, listen, I'm, he's two on my board. He's two on your board. I, I'm not trying to down, I'm not trying to diminish Killian Hayes, but I do, I just, in my gut, I feel like there is a world where he misses and Okoro hits. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think Okoro is much safer. And yeah. it's not even like Killian's a risky player. Like he's skilled. It's just Okoro is more. But we've skilled seen skilled person. guys fail in the NBA for, again, myriad reasons. We don't need to go. We've done deep yeah. dives on Killian and maybe he, maybe he has enough of what it takes to, to, to not fail. I don't, you know, that's a, that's a conversation. Um, I, yeah. And, but I feel, I feel also the same thing about Kyra, except I feel like Okoro's ceiling is higher than Kyra's ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. My board is completely like screwed up at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, love like that. I, I still, I still have Lamelo at one, but now my two through like, like the difference between one and two. So like Lamelo and Killian and the rest of the guys in tier are so small, like Lamelo, I still have above Kyra, but the difference between Kyra and, and Killian is non-existent pretty much. And I would have a core above both, but yet I still wouldn't say that the, like, I still think the gap between Lamelo and a is bigger than the gap between Lamelo and Killian, even though. Okay. Like, I don't know how to explain it. No, I hear you. Um, well, listen, we all, we, we've had the Lamelo ball discussion before. We, we yeah. both agree what his ceiling is. If it all goes right, which, yeah. you know, I can't wait. He, he, I'm looking forward to his media availability next week, which has already been delayed once. I'm curious if it actually happens. Uh, I just want to see that kid talk and, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. We, we've, we've talked a lot about the top of the draft. Uh, Vassell, I would, it would, I think it would surprise us both if he snuck in somewhere in the top. Nesmith, we have, we've never really talked about Nesmith. Nesmith has his fans in the next fan base. Like Nesmith and Sadiq Bey, who we texted about, much to my amusement the other night, um, are two guys who, like, if the Knicks are taking this, we're going to take the best trade-down deal that's on the table and just take the best guy that's available at that spot. I'm looking at Bay. I'm looking at Vassell, even though Vassell brings no playmaking, as we've also discussed offline. Because there have been, the like, sh- some flashes, but he's not – it's not enough to actually base anything off of yet. Um, like, wait, I just said Nesmith is the other guy. Nesmith is the one who brings no playmaking. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> um, those are the guys I have my eye on. Like, don't you think Nesmith is, he's going to help. Like, how could he not help teams the way the NBA is played nowadays? With would you the take Allen? Yeah. I mean, well, would you take Allen Crabb? Would you think that he's a pen in to be like a positive player? But is Alan Crab is your so you think that is uh, Nesmith's likely uh, equivalent as a shooter in the pros? I don't know if it's like it's that type of archetype archetype where you don't have anything really outside the shooting and you're not a good defender. Like Nesmith is not a good defender. Can he play a little bit positionally? Sure, but he does not move well. At least he did not move well during last season. Laterally, um, he doesn't have rise in the paint. Like he just does not rise well, whether it's finishing or, you know, trying to contest shots or stuff like that. 
And Crab is incredibly one-dimensional also. So it would just really come down to how much of a better shooter is Neesmith. Neesmith, he's not 50% like he was at Vanderbilt this past year. Um, but it's it's the Small sample size, we should also say. Small yeah. sample size, 14. I mean, like, yeah, but he took like 130-something threes or 120. So it's like it's decent from that end, from that side. Um, but a lot of it was also against bad competition. Um, Fair. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, out of those three, I I had Neesmith third. And who? And I'm so I know you'd have Vassell first. I'm, so that means yeah. you'd have Bay second. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I'm like Bay has his own issues, but at least with that, you know you're getting some passing. You know you're actually getting someone who like he was a good defender last year. He's coming from Jay Wright, who I would trust with like my soul. Um, <laughs> and he can definitely shoot the ball. He's not the movement shooter that. Neesmith is, but he's much better off the bounce. Okay. Um, stronger in the paint. Yeah. I was I was listening to your final score uh pod with Andrew and um you mentioned um Tom Izzo as your is he your like who's your number one coach you would trust with your with your soul? Is it Izzo or is it um is it uh Jay Wright? I'd probably give who are you sending I, your son to one that you're, you're, you're number one ranked 16 year old son, uh, 20 or some odd years from now, who, what college are you sending him to? Assuming these the two better, men are still coaching, <laughs> which is the better school. Um, uh, that's, that's a good, there you go. Yeah. In case Ashley's listening. Yeah. Um, which is the better school Villanova or, uh, Michigan state. I should probably know that, but not like, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I've either. never looked that up, but neither have I. I don't know. Like I love both coaches. Okay. But they're up there. They're like up uh, both of they're them. They're my two favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they're my two favorite college coaches. Um, well, and uh, stack us. Well, and but stack. you're a bandy guy, so you can't, that's not really saying much. Um, all right. Let's move. Let's keep moving down the draft board. Josh green is another name that I feel like has now been bandied about as like, He's going to be gone before 27. Is he a, what is he a, th- what is he profile? Is he a three and D guy? Yep. Yeah. The shot has to come, but he's, he's going to be a really good defender. Um, I was about to say, if he falls to 27 or if the Knicks give up, like, cause now they have actually, who knows what other trades are going to make, whatever. If they give up something that I don't mind giving up to move up to get him, should I be excited? Yeah. I mean, it depends who else is on the board, but like, uh, if, fair. Yeah, like if they pick him and if they pick him, you can't not be happy unless if there was somebody who's clearly better than him above. Okay, that's what um, I'm that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really good on ball defender, off ball defender. He's not a good finisher. Um, but he's he's another guy who's in some ways he's like a lesser Okoro, um, in that he provides mm. similar playmaking, similar strengths on ball and off ball. He's a better athlete than Okoro. Um really side to side. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some like the quickest hips I've like seen. Like his hip flips are like nutty. Um, so why? So is it just it's the finishing that's the biggest? And I'm, I'm assuming there's no shot creation ceiling here, right? Yeah, there were there were less, um, way 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 fewer on ball like off the bounce scoring opportunities and flashes that he had than Cora had. The okay. passing isn't as good as Cora's, but it's still good in his own right. He's He's strong. I don't think he's as strong as a as a Coro. Um, okay. But yeah, finishing was bad. 
Well, yeah, and finishing doesn't really improve, um, but we won't talk about that because of things. Um, you know what I'm thinking. Um, yep. we, we don't need to talk about Tyrell Terry. We don't need to talk about Cole. Well, Cole Anthony, he's another one. It's like, at this point, is Cole going to be there at 27? I mean, it's, it's, I can't believe we're actually, we're at that stage, but I think we, I think we're here. Um, I don't think he'd be there at 27. I don't I know. Denver will. could pick him up. Denver or Philly or Miami. But that's the thing is like so many of those teams ahead, like let's assume Bain doesn't fall to 24. Cole Anthony would make a lot of sense for Milwaukee. They would, he would make a lot of sense for Denver. He would make. Honestly, OKC. OKC after the shorter trade. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. I mean, I like in that, in that environment. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Watch that happen now. Um, Okay. Desmond. We don't need to talk about Des. Des is going to be gone. Um, I hope so. I hope he goes top 10. What is the okay? He's not. He's listen. He's not going. I, he's not going top ten. If he goes top ten, then I'm going to seek out his agent. And I'm going to hire his agent to just run my life and tell me like what to eat for breakfast in the morning. Um, Seth would probably give some good ideas. I'm sure he would. Yeah, I'm sure he would give some wonderful ideas. As of now, I have avocado toast most mornings. That's um, a good it, call. It's a Ashley would approve. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a big brunch brunch type person and avocado toast screams brunch. Yeah, but I have it at like 5.30 in the morning because I have it before I leave for, for work every day. Little drizzle of honey, little drizzle of balsamic vinaigrette, um, a little okay. everything bagel seasoning. And if, if I'm really feeling uh, freaky, you do it on a piece of like cinnamon toast, which I know oh. sounds like there's way too much going on, but trust me, it's, it's where you want to be. Um, this is clearly what the people came here to listen to. What's the earliest Desmond Bain goes off the board that literally, sh- like, legitimately shocks you? That shocks me? Yes. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I can honestly see Phoenix taking him. You really, like, it, I, you think that's in, okay. I All do right. think that's in play. And this is not based on anything that anybody has told me. Like, I promise, nor would I like yeah no you wouldn't has you wouldn't but yeah just like even going by the names that you've seen thrown around on twitter i think gambo said that like the three names that he like bain was one of the three names that he's been hearing with uh phoenix um and they did just take cam last year who was another client of seth like you know seth is his agent yeah and when you think about what they're going for they're going for shooters have that so why not get another shooter who can also create a little bit next to booker well, the other part of it is, so the rumor that, did I put this in my newsletter? I don't know if I was this specific in my newsletter. I don't think I was this specific. Okay, so this would make a lot more sense because I think I might be breaking a rumor here. Can you break a rumor? No, you can say a rumor. You can't break a rumor. Um, I, th- I had mentioned that Dallas and the Clippers were the other two teams that I had heard talked about with, with a, in a possible Chris Paul trade. It would be like a four-way deal. And again, who the hell knows if that's dead on the vine or was ever a real thing. Maybe it's just, it was something that was made up and got to me. I don't think so. But anyway, um, t- Phoenix would be giving up 10 and they'd be getting Dallas's 18, which would be more in line with where you would expect as to go. Yeah. So that would be interesting. 
um, if they actually did that. All right. Um, I don't want to keep you for too much longer. A couple other things I want to hit on is you think, okay, I think Malachi, I'm just going to read out some names. You think there's a chance that they're there at 27, given what we've been hearing Malachi or you think he's gone? I think he's gone. You think he's gone. Um, yeah. What's going on with Maladon? Maladon might be there. Yeah, he might be there. Um, he's another guy. Like I could see Boston taking him actually at 26 and then asking if he could stay overseas or if they could put him in the G League for a year. Um, Do I want because- Theo Maladon, New York Nick, to be a thing that happens? I wouldn't like, I think, I think he can be a fine backup point guard, but. Okay. Like he, so people, some people have the idea that he's like a really good defender. He's not, he's not a good defender on ball or off ball. Like he does a nice job using his length on ball, but off ball. Well, if I unequivocal on these things. I, yeah, I should probably stop. No, I think, no, please don't ever uh, change. Please don't ever change ever. He, he needs a lot of development, I think, on defense and offense. Like, he's a good shooter. He's a good passer. But his reads on offense, it's very what's my? It's very methodical. He okay. doesn't just play what's in front of him. It's like he knows what his reads are, and that's kind of it. He's not very creative in what he does. Maybe the better question is, like, what was the ceiling that people were seeing when he was bantied about as a top, like, whatever it was, six, seven, eight pick a year and a half ago? they wanted more development, I think with his style and like how he'd play more free flowing. Um, okay. That's I'm assuming that's probably what it is because it's not like he, he lacks skill. Like he doesn't lack skill. Like he's a really good finisher in the paint. Also he can shoot a little bit. Um, they started playing him off ball a little bit more. So he's running off some screens. Um, he just, it's like, he thinks too much. He, he's not a quick processor. I think that's probably the, best way to you know say it i'm just trying to think if they don't go point guard with the first pick which is always a possibility like he's a name him malachi flynn obviously is another one um those are the two i don't see them although i heard i heard i mean tell me how crazy this would be um what's his name oh yeah peyton pritchard is that's that feels very high for peyton pritchard right I wouldn't take him in the first like 35 picks. Like I, I no, like he, he's the way I like to describe him, at least stylistically, I think he's similar to Trey Burke. And do you want Trey Burke on your team? Sure. Do you want Trey Burke on your team in any significant role? Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. That was the, that was just the other name I had heard like three or four more. And then we get you out of here. Isaiah Stewart has been talked about a lot of late, um, former top five recruit, I think five, six recruit, yeah, whatever he was, he was. He was one of the high ones. Yeah. He was one of the high ones along with someone else I want to ask you about. So we can just talk about both of these guys actually right now. Um, oh my God. I'm uh, there. Vernon Carey Jr. Um, those they're, they're big guys who do big guy things. Um, of those two guys, do you, who's your, do you have a preference or, or is it a, and is it a strong preference or are you just like, whatever? Um, I'd probably prefer Stewart a little bit more. Excuse me. Um, he's his motor runs higher. Um, I like that. I like high motor. His motor runs higher than Bernie Carey. Um, uh, I think he's a better defender. Um, I think he moves better. He's now he's big. He's very like thick. Um, but he moves pretty well for someone his size. Okay. Um, and just kind of the role in which they 
be in, it would be like, you know, the first big off the bench probably. And probably. when I think of that role, I think of probably somebody you're going to want to be more of an energy, just go all out type of guy. And like Vernon, I don't think does that. He's like, he's, he's more skilled. You know, he can shoot better now though. I think Stewart's going to shoot. Um, I just but don't. Vernon, couldn't Vernon carry just like, if you wanted to just, I don't know what a traditional scheme is anymore in the year of our Lord 2020, but like, is there any reason Vernon Carey can't be a starting center in the league for like the certain type of team? Uh, he's not a good defender. I think that's, but he's big. He's like a big, he's like, he's a mammoth human being. In, in what way though? Because it's not like he plays physically. So, like, you know, whether it's setting How does screens, a guy like, that, I mean, you would know because I haven't watched a whole lot of yeah, Duke, like, but a guy he, that big doesn't play physically? Like, I mean, at least doing the little things. Like, you know, he'll bang with you in the post trying to get position, but when it comes to actually setting screens, he he does not make any contact whatsoever. Oh, um, I mean, to, to be fair, Stewart doesn't either. Actually, pretty much no big in this draft as, besides, like, Tillman. Tillman as a bookie set really good screens. Najee sets good screens. Well, Zeke Najee's another guy. I have a, I, I yeah. would bet a, a not insignificant sum of money that they're going to take a big with one of these. If if they keep 27 and 38, I think they're going to take a big with one of the picks. And I kind of think they're going to take a big with 27. I have, yeah, just have well, a, funny, honestly, have a funny feeling. That's a, probably a really good place to pick one because like, you could take Paul Reed, who is a really good defensive playmaker, but he needs some work with like actually being on top of everything and with IQ, because he'll make a really good read, then he'll okay. make a really bad one. So just need some consistency there. Uh, and if the shot comes, he's a really good ball handler. He's not a really, he's a good ball handler for a size who can actually drive from the perimeter with his left hand, finish with his left hand with like weird angles and stuff like that. Okay. So he's skilled. You could pick Kerry, who's, you know, he's, he's, he's like a, an offensive minded player. Um, yeah. So you at least know what you're getting there. You get Stewart who probably has more two way potential. Um, Najee, you mentioned. Yeah, Najee, I, I really like Tillman. Azubuki. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think Azubuki somehow winds up in Utah. I just think that's going to happen. Like, I, there's a conspiracy theory going on in my head that Utah will pick him. Then 25 games into the season, they're going to trade Rudy to Boston for whatever. And then they're going to they're gonna run with Azubuki as a starting center. That's probably not going to happen. They give it like a less than half of a percent chance of happening. But when I think about it, it kind of makes sense because they'd be paying a starting center, a very low salary rather than having to re up Rudy. And then okay. the dis, you know, the discord between or the distrust, whatever between Mitchell and Rudy, that's going to be gone. You could potentially pick up a, you know, Jalen Brown and a pick or something. You've given a lot of thought to this conspiracy theory. I am impressed. Yep. Listen, you, I, can't, you can't do it on draft night either. Otherwise, they're going to say, otherwise, all the fans are going to be like, oh, this is stupid. Why do we yeah. trade an all-NBA center? So if you give 20 games into the season, you give some film that actually show Ezebuki can be pretty good in our scheme. There you go. I mean, the Rudy thing is one of the most fascinating situations <clears> in the NBA. Um, I The only the only game I've watched of Ezebuki this year was when uh, Kansas played uh, Dayton. Dayton. And I came away, like again, it was one game. But I paid attention to him that whole game because I was paying attention to Top in the whole game, and they were often in the same vicinity. And like, I came away really impressed. I'm like, that dude's an NBA center. I don't know if he's yep. what he is, he's starting whatever, but he's that dude's an NBA player. 
the rim um, runner who protects the rim. He's massive. He sets. Oh my god! He's a, talk about a brick shit house. I don't know who's bigger, him or Carrie, but they're. Oh, I, I think Azubuki's more cut, especially now. Carrie's lost some weight. I mean, oh, Azubuki's not. A, yeah, yeah. There was a picture I saw a couple of days ago. He looked not skinny, but he looked thinner than he looked at Duke. And Azubuki came in like a couple of years ago, or like when he got to Kansas, he uh-huh. was like big, and he was like 280, 285, second year, also that same size. Then last year he got a little bit smaller. This year he actually looks like he's in really good shape. Like he, low body that, fat, everything. He, I think he's the strongest player. I mean, or the, I don't know, strongest is the right word, but like he's the most physically imposing player in the draft. Um, Probably. Although why I shouldn't say that Wiseman is 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 he, there and Wiseman is he uses his strength more. Yes. Well, so. the, again, we don't have to get into our list of concerns about James Wiseman because yeah. we, yeah. we don't I mean, have time. Yeah. Just going back to the Knicks at twenty seven. If like all those guys are on the board, I'm taking Tillman. I'm not thinking twice about it. Well, you know, I love him. And I just, he's one of those guys that like, no, he's not going to come in. Like none of these fucking guys are going to come in and like change your culture. And, uh, you know, but like, if you are trying to change your culture and you're making multiple moves in an effort to do that and like take the game of basketball seriously and not like a bunch of fucking clowns, which the Knicks have done for the better part of 20 years, you want as a, it seems to me like you would want a Xavier Tillman in your building, but that's just me. Um, and then I think at 38, they're going to let one, whichever one of these wings slips, whether it's like Ramsey or Woodard or McDaniel or who am I forgetting? Oh, Cassius Stanley. Like Stanley will probably be there. I don't know if that would be considered a slip for Stanley, but like whichever one of those wings, right. That's not a slip. Yeah. Um, but like one of those guys is going to be there and I just would be like, that's who I think that I guess you, would you throw Jordan Wara in, in that? conversation maybe i'm not a nor fan like he, he's a really good shooter who also provides next to nothing on defense or passing he's like he's a pure play finisher and that's it okay. he rebounds pretty well i think well yeah that's what i would bet on on happening at 38 and then yeah. you know that's that's their wild card right um, i'm actually curious so we saw them take um you know, they took Mitch despite him not playing any college games. Yeah. Last year, they took, what's his name, uh, Amir Hinton um, as an undrafted free agent. They did. Um, I don't know if this would be – I'm sure this would probably be too high for him, but Josh Hall. Okay, well, you just threw a name at me that I don't know who this person is, so feel Sorry. free to say <laughs> who he is. No, I, listen, I love it. I learn something new every time I do a pod with you. He's – I mean, like he played small forward, I think. Moravian prep. Okay, yeah. then. Yeah, I had to watch some of his games a few months back. And, like, he's a pretty skilled tour. He's like a modern four. So, okay. if you already have the history of, you know, you won for two, Mitch was obviously a, a great pick. Yeah. Um, Hinton, it wasn't, but it wasn't also a pick. You know, it was under yeah, exactly. the agent, I think. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I think. Hall maybe going top 40 might be a little bit too spicy, but if they somehow, you know, maybe they trade down a little bit well, and then get him. Yeah, but we've also heard they're looking to buy a pick. And like, yeah. again, the Sixers own four second round picks. And I know that ownership group is not like hurting for cash, but like if you have first, four first round picks or four, sorry, four second round picks and you have a team like the Knicks who has more roster sports, 
will have more roster spots than anyone in the league. Um, you know, that's that's there. Uh, who else? The the Golden Celtics State has two second round picks also. They do forty eight and fifty one, so they're like in that area again. Not a team hurting for cash, but at the same time, they have the highest payroll oh, in the league. The Bulls. Because they sell second round picks all the time. The good old Bulls. 44, right in that prime spot that you want. You got to listen, you just signed uh, Billy Donovan to a contract. You got to save a few few bucks somewhere, obviously. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'm. um, Anybody else I want to. Oh, God. Yeah, Madar is a guy that I kind of. I like Madar. I like. like I'm still convinced that if he had played in the NCAA this year, he would have been considered in like the running for a first round pick. I think, I mean, I don't know why he's not. I think he's good from what I've there's, seen. Yeah, there's no reason why. Also, I've given him a shout-out, and I think each like the last four podcasts I've done, except for this one, Sam Merrill will ah. be a good rotation player. Shooter. Good yep, shooter. He's a shooter who can pass. He's physical. He's also 24 and a half, so he's old. But in the second round, who cares? You're going to have him for the next three years, up to like seven or so, eight years. So if you're going to have somebody literally right through his prime, that's perfect. I mean, some of these second round, like there's some interesting names, like you know, even like like Marcus Howard. Yeah. Like again, he's 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 sh- my height, Aww. but the dude, what did he put up? Like twenty eight a game last year or something? Some crazy number. Yeah, he's um, another one of those awesome, awesome shooters. Yeah, he's a great shooter. It's like that dude. Like I don't, I don't know, Jay Scrub. We haven't talked about. We when we texted about Emmanuel Quickly is another name that's like on the on the tips of tongues of of Nick fans. Um, this is gonna be fun, man. I'm really excited. I just I want. I'm I'm ready. Um, you've been ready for months. Um, any last thoughts before we, before we get out of here? This is it. No just, more draft podcasts. This is it. This is yeah, the last last one. I'm disappointed that the 2021 draft season won't be as long as this one was. I'm not. <laughs> oh, it would be so much more fun though. I know. Like it's well, a long season for draft and watching guys games over and over again, but at least next year's draft will be. I like, mean, really the good bad. news is that if we're sitting here two weeks from now and the mm-hmm. Knicks did not trade for Chris Paul and the Knicks did not trade for Russell Westbrook and the Knicks did not sign. Well, actually I don't even think it matters that they signed Van Vliet. Um, but whatever, let's assume they don't do that. Like we're, 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 it's going to be like, let's talk about the top 10 guys in the draft because they're going to have a top 10 pick at worst, you know, um, which is kind of, would it's kind of nice. Um, because unlike two years ago when it was like rubbing our lucky four leaf clovers together in the hopes of Zion, this is actually going to be a fucking conversation where we get to be like, Hey, Look at all of these guys who yeah. are fun. Like, Kate is the first. He, I, I unless if something drastic happens with respect to him being nowhere near as good as anyone thinks, and everyone being better than we think, I think Kate will be number one on everyone's board. And if you know by the end of next year, but then like after that, you're going to have the three Jalen's. You have like Garuba from overseas. You have uh, Prakachin from overseas. You have I mean Josh Giddy playing in Australia, he's probably not going to be a top 10 pick, but he, I mean, who knows? He had a good first game. You have BJ Boston, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, like all the G league Kaminga, guys yeah. you have. Yeah. Moses Moody, although he's probably not a top 10 pick either. Just so many guys. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a really big tier two. 
after Cade. Yeah, I mean, it's Cade tier. It's like Lucas tier and then everybody else. It's Cade yeah, tier I, and then everyone else. I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the energy to go through another season where it's, you know, it's essentially flip a coin three times and hope you hit heads all three. Like that's the, yeah. those are the odds. Yeah, and I still don't think people fully grasp that, but whatever. Um, all right. Uh, Spencer, I owe you, uh, I don't know how many, um, how many beers I owe you at this point. Are you, are you drinking more yet? Or are you still like laying off the sauce? I had the last beer I had was, this is going to be so I, depressing. This is going to be so the, depressing. When is it? It was like beer two again? months ago. It was like two oh, months Jesus ago when I texted you. <laughs> what is Can I tell you an absolutely true story? Yeah. So I woke, I haven't been sleeping very well. Cause I, I, ever since the rust news rumor came out, I haven't slept well for obvious reasons. So I got up this morning, Sunday morning. It's, um, I think I was up at five 45, five 40, maybe. And I'm like, it's too cold to go for a run right now. Um, I'm going to go food shopping. So I went and I got to the supermarket at like six ten. I did all my food shopping and, um, I like was looking at the beer selection and I'm like, do I want to get a, a variety pack or do I just want to go straight stout? Cause it's winter time. And I, I love stouts. And then I got to the, um, cash register at about 10 minutes to seven. And the woman looked at me and I felt so bad for her that she had to do this. She's like, I'm sorry, sir. We're not allowed to sell alcohol before 8 a.m. And I, I, I felt like such a degenerate. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I have the date. I have you the date. know the date that you last had beer. My God. Yep. I know, I know yeah. the date that I last had beer too. It was uh, yesterday. 928. September 28th. Yep, 928. I texted you tonight. I have a beer. It was either that. Yeah, no, it was definitely 928. I mean, could you? Will you have a beer on draft night at least? Yeah, I'll have something. I'll have some alcohol on draft night. Yeah, thank God for that. Um, if uh, well, I'm going to promote you, uh, if you are not following Spencer on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? Um, seriously, if you've been like holding off on following Spencer because you're like, I can't deal with draft stuff before the draft, like this is the year to do it because as we just talked about, um, this is going to be uh, quite the draft. Um, and you could find him at SK Perlman, P E A R L M A N. Um, and all of your scouting reports are still up on Stepien, um, which are awesome. If you want to get any last minute homework in before the draft, Did I miss anything. You're on like a billion podcasts now. I can't even keep up with you. Oh, you're um, SNY, SNY uh, yeah. TV. Yeah. So for everybody listening, that stuff we filmed like during last winter. So like this is in like, yeah, it's like February or January or something like that. Um, So we're standing within six feet because this is before COVID became a thing in the U S and somehow eight months after it came to the U S people are still being stupid, but that's for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Wear a mask folks. Don't be an idiot. Um, Yes. Please wear a mask. Please, please, please wear a mask. And uh, of course, Thank you for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. I should probably be able to get the name of my podcast out. Um, we'll be back with you with another episode. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to record something the night of the draft. So I will uh, talk to you then.